for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. Hockey is a predominantly white sport, so when you're one of the few black players in the NHL, like Sharks winger Evander Kane, speaking out and advocating for racial justice can be an extremely lonely thing. Unless your white teammates and opponents start using their voices as well. We need so many more athletes that don't look like me speaking out about this, having the same amount of outrage that I have inside and using that to voice their opinion, to voice their frustration, because that's the only way it's going to change. We've been outraged for hundreds of years and nothing's changed. It's time for guys like Tom Brady and Sidney Crosby and those type of figures to speak up about what is right and clearly in this case, what is unbelievably wrong. With help from Avalanche beat writer Ryan S. Clark, we discuss why white NHL players are stepping up to call out racism now and what the next step of this conversation may look like in the months and years to come. It's Monday, June 8th. Well, Ryan, so appreciate you making the time today. You cover the Colorado Avalanche for us here at The Athletic. So first off, wondering, how did you approach and connect with one of our guys out here in the Bay, the Sharks of Ander Kane? You know, it's interesting, Kate, because we were looking at doing a story of players just reacting because this was really the first time you've ever seen NHL players discuss race and racism in such a large capacity. Usually it's just only been a handful and those players have always been black for the most part. And I reached out to the Sharks and said, hey, would it be possible to get a Vander Kane just because he's talked about this and it would be interesting to see if he'd be willing to talk to, to us about kind of what it's been like to see players talk and also just other questions and the sharks were like sure go for it and you touched on a variety of, of different subjects about just kind of what's it like to see white nhlers address this issue given that it had been so long only talked about by players like him and jt brown he got into what it was like to be a black player in this league who might want to speak about these things but you're worried that you may not for fear of how does it affect your next contract is this the difference between you playing in the nhl or ahl if you're a young player, this is something that you want carrying around for your whole career. And then finally, the point he made was, you know, it doesn't matter how much he says something or certain athletes say something. It takes everybody just kind of making sure that they're all active in what they need to say. And like he said, they're strength in numbers. And that's been the difference this time, Ryan, because Kane has spoken out in the past. But Sharks captain Logan Couture, Sharks owner Hasso Plattner, spoke out in support already this week. I know you've talked to a number of other white players who've spoken out as well. Why did they tell you that now was the time that they felt like they should speak up? A lot of them, for them, it was just getting a chance to really sit down and see this. And this isn't too strange of an example, but when you think about the time COVID started, you started hearing and seeing people were watching the same things. Tiger King, the first one coming to mind because everybody was at home. No one was really going anywhere. And while things are slowly starting to reopen, depending on what part of the nation you live in, for some players, they were saying it's the chance that they were on social. They were watching the news. They were in a setting where they could sit and watch these things. Because let's say this is a non-COVID landscape we're in. If the NHL is going on. We're looking around, let's say, the Stanley Cup finals. And by this point, the hockey world is focusing on that. Or for the players whose seasons have ended, maybe you're on vacation or you are working out or something that's going to keep you away from the news and social and current events. Whereas if now, this was out there in front. And not only that, but 
it's knowing that there's a nine minute video of, as players put it, you're seeing a man die. And how you look at that and what you go from there, that's where it made everybody's story different. With Tyler Sagan, a star center for the Dallas Stars, he made the point of, I wanted to go do research to understand and find out why these things continue to happen. With Brian Boyle, it was reaching out to former teammates like JT Brown and talking and saying, I am sorry that I was not more aware of this and thinking about his time at BC where he's like, I had black teammates and one of them was quiet. And now that I think about it, was it because he wasn't the most comfortable? With Connor Carrick, it was this feeling of wanting to be honest and upfront and forthright about how this is a movement that needs to be supported. And it made him look back on where he grew up in Orland Park, where he said there's not a lot of diversity. And with Morgan Riley, he grew up in Vancouver. He plays in Toronto. He's around diversity. He grew up with it. But for him, it's still one of those something needed to be said. And with all these players, it's not only realizing something needs to be said, something needs to be done. And it's looking at kind of their previous interactions and saying, how can I be better? How can I be aware? Because even Tyler Sagan said, in the offseason, he trains with Anthony and Chris Stewart, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Darnell Nurse. Those are all black players. And he's like, I've trained with these guys and never once have I thought, could their path to the NHL been different and harder because they're a different race? And these are things that I need to be more aware of. So it seems like, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, Ryan, that conversations like this on race and racism maybe aren't talked about that much in places like dressing rooms or on road trips. Is that the case? For the most part, yeah. I mean, of course, the hard part in answering that is no one knows what gets said in, in every dressing room. I mean, there are some things that players talk about that you're surprised. Like some players, for example, are like, oh, yeah, we have a fantasy football league or we all watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette or whatever it is they do. But when it comes to a conversation like this, it's kind of hard to say because are these questions necessarily being asked? Like, do reporters feel comfortable asking these questions? Should they ask these questions? Again, all these different hypotheticals. But as far as just what the conversation is going to look like now, that's where it's going to get really intriguing, but more importantly, telling just because when you hear these four players, it seems like they want to have this conversation in their dressing rooms. When you talk to Evander Kane and Logan Couture, which again, Logan Couture stood by statement, but just based off of what we've seen there, it gives the illusion and the appearance like this is going to be a discussion in the Sharks dressing room. What this looks like other places where they've never really had to have this discussion, both amongst their family and friends and internally, and now you're doing it in a group professional setting. Who's to say what that's going to look like? What sort of impact has seen other athletes, athletes from other sports speak out, had on the white hockey players that you spoke to? Connor Carrick is a really, really, really good example because he was saying that he first saw the Ahmad Arbery video when it was treated by LeBron James. And the quote he gave was, he's been so big, as in LeBron James, about how black people in this country are hunted. I can't remember if he was commenting on someone else's tweet. I looked at it, and that's what it looked like to me. It was hostile and predatory as a human-on-human crime as I've ever witnessed. I'm not a news watcher by nature. I'm normally not very in tune with these worldwide events. This is something I've tried to open my eyes to as a way to be a more conscious citizen. And so there are athletes who have talked about what it means to see LeBron James or Evander Kane or JT Brown talk about this. In the case of Brian Boyle, he talked about the relationship he developed with WWE star Titus O'Neil and how they got to know each other in Tampa and 
how that friendship connected and how he was like, you know, seeing Titus O'Neil talk about this, it made me want to learn more and know more about why Titus O'Neil and JT Brown, two people he feels really strongly about, why they have these emotions about what's going on. After speaking with Evander, Ryan, seeing the responses from the white players around the league, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now in the NHL? Really right now, the big question, Kate, is will this be the landmark moment people have said the NHL needs to have when it comes to race? Because when you look at other issues, it's a league that has talked about mental health with Bell's Let's Talk. We've heard the stories of Robin Leonard and Theron Fleury discussing the challenges that came with their mental health and how they dealt with things and how they worked to overcome it. It's a league that has talked about gender. And yes, there's been pushback on it, but there's been a need to say there needs to be more women in the broadcast booth, that there needs to be more exposure shown on the women's game, that there needs to be more women and high-ranking front office roles. And you're seeing bits and pieces of that in different parts throughout the league. There's been an LGBTQ conversation where there's been pushback, but there's been pride nights. There's been the You Can Play initiatives. There's been hockey is for everyone. There's been all these different vehicles that have allowed the NHL to have those discussions. But when it comes to race, that's been the one that's probably been the hardest one for them to grasp and tackle for a variety of different reasons. And so going forward, that's where the conversation lies is, what is the next step? You're seeing teams say, we're committed to helping out in our communities. Okay, but what does that look like? Is it just simply going to a predominantly minority school and playing ball hockey and you leave and come back in a year's time? Or is it something different, something that you're going to look at and say, this is what we think is the best way to help our community? Because I'll say it's me quiet, but that's the thing is you have to look at every community. Every single community is different in the sense of diversity, in the sense of how you approach diversity. So those are all things just to keep in mind. What do you think, Ryan? You and I met when you were covering football and and basketball in the Pac-12 conference, sports played predominantly by black and African-American student athletes. So in hockey, a predominantly white sport, what do you see as the next step? It's really hard to say just because it falls on people to say, hey, let's have this conversation because the thing about racism is this. It's a contrarian issue. It's not like cancer where people say, oh, I support cancer. Nobody ever says they support cancer. It's always cancer is horrible and it's not even a question. And if you were to outwardly say, I root for cancer, people are going to think how horrible of a person must you be to even say such a thing given it is one of the worst experiences a human being can go through. Whereas if with racism, there still isn't that universal angst about how people feel because there's a lot of reasons why that is. So it's really hard to say what's going to happen because it's up to everyone to decide what they want to do on an issue where there's so much nuance and so much gray area that for some people they think it's a closed door issue that racism is bad. And then there are some people who are in the middle who may not really feel a way about it. And then there are people on the other end of the spectrum who go, I'm okay with it. It's really not a big deal. I'm fine with it. Why do we care? And they just leave it at that. What did Evander say? Did he offer up any thoughts on a next step? You know, for him, it seems like, again, the next step is just more people really speaking out and saying what they said. And going back to LeBron James, this quote he gave was, 
you look at some of the biggest people in sports, people like LeBron James. He's been saying this for years as well, that it has always been about supporting people in issues like racial injustice. If his voice is not going to create the change alone, nobody's voice is. We need to support one another and use our numbers to our advantage. And that's where you get strength in numbers. And that's really where it lies. It's like any movement. You can sit there and say, well, it might affect a certain group of people. It's about getting the masses to understand why this matters, why this is a big deal. And that seems like it's really going to be the challenge. But again, it's what is that going to look like is the million dollar question. No one really seems to know. And again, that's really the challenging part because when you talk about this issue and people have brought this up both inside and outside of the world of sport, this discussion has been there for decades, in some cases, hundreds of years. So if people are talking about it now, what makes you think they're going to talk about it in a week, six months, a year, five years, 10 years? And that's going to be the challenge. And again, that's one of the really difficult parts about the situation currently facing anyone who's having this discussion is you can have it, but you may not know the results of this until decades later, or the results might come until, well, after you're off this earth. It's hard to say. Well. The good news is we're finally seeming to have it in places like the NHL, where it maybe wasn't as commonplace as it has been the last week. Ryan, thank you so much for the time and the insight today. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. To read Ryan's articles on Evander Kane and why white NHLers are calling out racism now, just click the link we've got in the description notes of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. And if you aren't a subscriber yet to the written arm of The Athletic, now is the time to sign up because we've currently got a free 90-day trial subscription offer. All you have to do is visit theathletic.com slash the update. That's theathletic.com slash the update. Sign up for the free 90 days and enjoy all the incredible journalism we have to offer. As always, if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Ryan for stopping by. Thanks to all of you for continuing to listen. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days. Really looking forward to talking to you again on Wednesday.